Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 647 of the Juicebox Podcast. Well, today's going to be a little different. Probably not that much different, but you'll see. I woke up one morning to an email inviting me to be on a podcast. And as you'll hear later, I usually don't answer those emails. But this one, well, there was something special about it. So today, you're going to hear an episode that is also simultaneously going to run on a different podcast. This is apparently quite a common thing for podcasters to do, although I have never done it. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. In just a moment, you're going to hear April from the Vagina Blog podcast interview me about how we manage Arden's periods with type 1 diabetes. And of course, at points, things go off the rails and I say weird stuff. So there's that to look forward to. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. If you're using insulin, you should be using a Dexcom. Find out more at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Fair warning before we start, if the word vagina makes you uncomfortable, I'd stop listening right now. Stop, I'm going to record. I'm going to record on my end too. I didn't know we were starting. A lot of pressure. <laughs> All right, now I'm good. Are you recording? I'm literally sitting here wondering how I'm going to stop myself from just overtaking this conversation. <laughs> yes, I'm good. You're going to be fine. I'm recording. I'm good. Guys, I am so excited today to be talking to Scott Benner. It is very rare that I have a male on the podcast, but I was just too excited to talk to Scott because, and this is very selfish of me, I wanted to create an episode around type 1 diabetes and everything that that has to do with female body health. Scott has an incredible podcast called the Juice Box Podcast. It is single-handedly the most useful information I have found as a parent of a child with type 1 diabetes. So if you were listening to this episode, it's maybe going to be a little bit type 1 diabetes specific, but I super don't care because the type 1s need it. So Scott, welcome. Tell us how you got into this. Tell us who you are. Tell us about Juicebox. April, wait, this is just going to be about diabetes. I have so many euphemisms for vaginas written down. I really, I'm trying. Oh no, don't you worry. We'll get into that. (laughs) Okay. Is that a pun? (laughs) Are we starting off right away? Right. Exactly. Okay, because I tell my every woman in my house, I'm like at the end of your inspection. I don't know what you guys call it. Um, I I said yeah, you should ask the doctor. So on the whole, is everything okay? And I don't I don't know why they don't do it. But uh. this is like when my best friend I was going in for a stretch and sweep, which is when they like swipe your membranes when you're pregnant. And she's like, "Did you just say search and seizure?" And I was like, "It's that's basically the right. Yep, that's what I'm getting done. Was search she a, and seizure. Was she a cop? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Jeez. All right. Uh, well, uh, I have to start off by saying that I don't go on other people's podcasts. Um, 
I get invited on a lot of them, and I, I, to even say that I say no is polite. I just don't answer the emails usually. But mm-hmm. I got yours, and I'm like, I need to know why I'm being invited on a podcast called The Vagina Blog. Because <laughs> like, like, even if I was a woman, or if I even ever once had a vagina, I'm assuming it wouldn't even work anymore halfway because I'm 50. So, like, I, yeah, would, I mean, you're getting up there. Yeah, I mean, it would just really be good for peeing at this point, like, right? I mean, I don't know exactly how everything works, but. Um, oh dear. So I'm, 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 I'm lying in bed. I'm looking through my emails, trying to like, you know, get the energy to get out of bed. And I'm like, what is this, this? And I, I must've emailed you back immediately. I'm like, I need to talk to you on the phone. So I went from, I usually don't respond to people to having a personal conversation with you because I just, which was fantastic because and to share with you guys, like Scott had recently become my very best friend as a diabetic, a parent of a diabetic. Um, there's very few resources that are like truly reliable and actually fully helpful. There's a lot of commiserating out in the world, the diabetic community and the community is incredible. Like the diabetic community as a whole is incredible. It's a very special club to be a part of, but Scott was, it was like a natural progression. I felt like in our relationship where I was like, of course I'm talking to you on the phone. You're my very best friend. <laughs> is this just going to devolve into me making sure that you're mentally stable for the next hour? Or Cause <laughs> nah. no, okay. <laughs> I'm a parent of a type one child. Like, are any of us okay? I was going to say, has that ship <laughs> sailed already? Or do you know that you're all right? Um, so, so, so this is, I mean, must be fascinating for people listening. I'm a, not a woman on a show about, you know, female reproductive parts. Mm-hmm. And I don't have diabetes. And I run a, a podcast about diabetes. I must seem like, uh, <laughs> I must, I must, at first glance, people are like, oh, this is going to be a mansplaining episode of, of uh, <laughs> deep proportion. Where I just talk about things in detail that I have no idea about. But uh, exactly, gosh, how did I end up doing this? Is that the question? I've talked so much. I forgot. Yes, tell us where you came from. Okay, is that is that? Are you trying to get me to say I came from my mom's vagina? I feel so much pressure to make everything. I'm, I'm, te- I'm just teasing you. I'm teasing you. So um, I have two children and a wife, and uh, with that wife, I made the first baby. Everything seemed okay. And a few years mm-hmm. later, we got all full of ourselves. And he's like, we're good at this. Let's just do it again. And we made exactly. a, another one. And that one came out fine. And we were like, boom, we're geniuses. And then uh, mm-hmm. two years into that, uh, our second child, Arden, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So that was 2006 in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And back then, um, like, it's funny, like, Blogs weren't really a thing, or they were just sort of starting to become a that thing. That was the beginning of the blog world, because yeah. that's about the time I kind of started dabbling as well. Every- that was like, everyone had a blog spot, but we were all kind of trying to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people were drifting out of, um, uh, what was the one that was just basically animated pictures, uh, MySpace, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was either Blogspot or it was, um, what's, the, what's the other one? Look how old I am. Anyway, WordPress. WordPress, you have it. And, and so... Uh, my daughter gets diabetes and the first year is a real slog. It doesn't go well. Her A1Cs and the eights. Um, I have a general feeling most days that I'm killing her. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I'm putting her to bed at the end of the night and like talking to myself as I'm walking out of the room. Like, God, I hope she's going to be alive in the morning. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Everything's terrible. Which is so, that's so real. Hmm. Like I, I, like when I listened to that episode that you had talked about that exact feeling, I was like, that is, that describes it perfectly. Like, well, they're probably going to die tonight. I did the best I could. I can go to sleep knowing that we really tried. 
and it will completely make sense when they're alive in the morning. No technology to speak of. Um, yep. like now there are continuous glucose monitors, there are pumps, I mean, algorithms that help you. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to give anybody who doesn't understand type one the feeling that it's just easy, but it, you know, you can, if you have the money and the insurance, you can at yep. least kind of see what's happening, which is yeah. valuable, right? So, and um, sleep at night. Yeah. No, I, I have slept more since the technology. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, on her one year anniversary as it was coming up, I started getting overwhelmed with the idea of like helping research, I guess is how it felt. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, well, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not smart. I'm not going to figure this out. Like maybe I can push money towards people who might help her. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just, I didn't know how to do that. So I started writing an email. Like I would like send emails out to people like, you know, just like, this is what diabetes is about. And it was kind of lame. Um, and then I tried to raise some money in the first year. And I think I, I raised like $1,500 and I was like, Oh God, I'm, uh-huh. I'm bad at this too. You know, <laughs> I can't take care of diabetes and I don't know how to raise money. And, but on the, it's hard. it wasn't easy. So on the first uh-huh. anniversary, I found a piece of software on my computer. I am a Mac user and it was called iWeb. And it promised the magic of being able to put my thoughts onto the internet and uh, to give it a landing page kind of thing is how they talked about it. So I made this little mm-hmm. blog and I started blogging about what it was like for Arden to have diabetes. And then I used my email, which I maybe was reaching, you know, three or 400 people that I knew in the whole world. And I said, I'm going to do a day of diabetes um, where I'm going to email you every time I touch her so that you can understand what it's like. And that information mm-hmm. will also be on the blog. Well, I'm going to say by about two o'clock in the afternoon, I started feeling bad because A, uh, no one had asked for these emails (laughs) and uh, it's not like I asked them to opt into it. And, uh, and B, B, I just was like, God, they've got the point already. And if they don't, they don't care. And like a month later, I got an email from this lady living in England who I don't know and could not Mm -hmm. in any way figure out my connection to her. And she's like, Hey, your blog's really helping my family. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't even know what she's talking about. Like, I didn't think I, yeah. I didn't think of myself as having a blog. Like, I didn't think of any of that. And it went yep. on like that for for quite some time because, unlike WordPress or the other stuff, there was no SEO. It was mm. all, all word of mouth if it if it got around at all. And mm-hmm. I put no effort into making it bigger. And I think mm-hmm. something about not having an eye on making it amazing let me build it very organically instead. And uh-huh. it's all word of mouth. So unlike, you know, nowadays where all you young people, I'm just kidding. I just, I just feel really, <laughs> old. Um, you know, you're like, pe- people are like, I'm going to start an Instagram and you know, I'll be a trainer by Friday or, you know, I'm gonna, yeah. and, and I just was like, I don't care. Like if this reaches people and helps them right on. And if it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not trying to make money with it. And I don't want it to be a business. Um, You were truly sharing, like, look, I'm already trying to stumble into this knowledge. I might as well just share what I have, which I, that was like the beauty. There was no, like, all the pictures have to be perfect. There was no, like, yeah, I have to push this. Uh, Like, what's my SEO strategy? Like, Hmm. it was those early days of blogging were like so delicious and naive and like really altruistic. Well, I did it for the right reason. And there, yeah. was, there was no real way to make money with it anyway. It's not the world that you yeah. imagine today. So there was no like mm-hmm. eye on the prize kind of feeling. And I had learned from other people by watching that if they got a popular blog, then they would make the deadly mistake of shining it up and making it look corporate. And then people didn't yep. like it anymore. And I was like, so you 
built this thing by coming to people saying like, look, this is me. I'm in my underwear in my living room typing this to you. Yep. And then you made it look like a pharma website. And like, and now you're yeah. wondering why people don't read it anymore, you know, or you stop mm-hmm. saying what you thought or whatever. So I was just always very honest. And the truth is the first number of years of it were just me being, it was very like raw nerve. Like something would happen. Mainly that thing would be bad. I would share mm-hmm. it online and other people would say, oh, that happens to us too, which I guess was, mm-hmm. I guess that was nice because it gave people a feeling of camaraderie. But oh yeah, after a while, I started thinking, this isn't really valuable beyond that. And wouldn't I like it for it to be valuable beyond that? Like the, the way I usually say it is, it's nice to know at two o'clock in the morning, you're not alone because there are other people yes. out in the world fighting with diabetes too. But wouldn't it be better if that didn't happen to you at two o'clock in the morning, like let's talk about how to stop it from happening and stop commiserating over it and saying, Oh, this is what diabetes is. And it's just what it is. So I hate that term. I hate it when people say, Oh, that's just diabetes because it makes it feel like it's out of your hands. And sometimes it is, but not as much as people think. Dexcom. That's right, we're here to talk about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor and all the things that it will bring to your life. Here are some of them in no particular order. Calm. Data. A sense that things aren't out of control. Is that enough? Do you need more? All right, I'll give you more. Hold on. You or a loved one has type 1 diabetes or type 2 diabetes, and you want to see the speed and direction of your blood sugar. So you get yourself a Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Yeah, put it on. And the next thing you know, right there on your Dexcom receiver or on your Android or iPhone, you're looking at your blood sugar. I know, right? It's cray cray. It's constant, like the number's always there. It also indicates to you the direction your blood sugar is moving. Is it stable? Is it rising slowly? Is it rising quickly? Falling slowly, falling, etc. You understand the direction. So you've got the number, you've got the direction, and there's this beautiful graph that shows you where you've been. So you understand kind of the backstory of your day. People can follow your Dexcom. I am following my daughters. I have picked up my iPhone and I'm opening it. Arden's blood sugar is 116 and it's stable. So that means it's not falling at an appreciable rate. But if I look at the graph, I can see that she's coming down because we just changed a pump and her blood sugar got a little sticky for a minute during the pump change and we've been pushing it down since then. So while I believe that she's not falling at any great rate, I do expect this number to keep drifting over the next hour or so, just based on what I'm seeing and my experiences using a Dexcom. Now, if that's not enough, I don't know what to tell you. I think you should head over right now to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box and find out how to get started. At the very least, check out that Hello Dexcom offer they have because you may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. What did I just say? Free. Go find out if you're eligible because you want to see this. You know, if you if you try it out and you don't like it, that's cool. But I think you're going to fall in love. Fall in love with the comfort and security that comes with seeing the speed and direction of blood sugar. It just opens up a whole new world. And I would sing a whole new world, but I believe it's copyrighted, so I can't. But I could reenact my favorite scene from Aladdin. 
Princess Jasmine. I'm kidding. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Head over and check it out. Things that I describe in this ad are, of course, the results that we've achieved here, and yours may vary, but I'll tell you what's not going to vary. Seeing that data, understanding how insulin and food affects blood sugar, that's a game changer. That, that is absolutely magical, like a young man flying on a carpet. See what I did there? No one thought that was going to tie together. Not even me. Listen, if you can do it, a Dexcom is going to make a big difference. I think you're really going to like it. I hope you check it out. There are links in the show notes to Dexcom and all of the sponsors. Those links are also available at juiceboxpodcast.com. Something that's been so helpful for me, though, I think it takes a certain level of bravery and brazenness to be able to be like, look, you went and sat down with your doctor. They just said to do X, Y, and Z. I'm actually living this crap day to day. Let me give you some actual real world advice because I think we get, I, for me, I get caught up in like, oh, I don't want people to come at me later and be like, that was terrible advice. And this is medical. Cause even the, the realm of women's health is as much the wild west as the realm of type one diabetes. Like I very much, um, saw this and like, even listening to your podcast, I love that you guys will so crystal clear be like, look, we did this and we tried this and this problem had this. And I think a lot of people tiptoe around that because they're scared. And so I love that you don't tiptoe. I love that you say how it is. I love that you say, look, this is what we're doing. And this is what actually works. It's the same approach I've really tried to have to like female body health as a whole, Mm -hmm. because we tiptoe too much and we don't actually share what's really like, we're really thinking or what we're really like, well, I don't want to be mean to the doctors or I don't want to go against whatever the current medical wisdom is or, but like if the medical wisdom isn't there and your doctors aren't actually managing a kid, they don't really know. They don't really know. And it's the same with endometriosis. It's the same with PCOS. It's the same with like a lot of these women's disorders. And so there there's, I just, I love your brazenness in so many ways that you've just been like, no, this is just what we're doing. And it probably could totally work for you. Oh, April, you're nice. I I mean, I'm fantastic, but we need to get past that. What, what I'm saying is <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what, um, I agree with you. And it's uh-huh. also a different thing now in the world where content, 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 you have to have something up yep. constantly. I'll tell you right now, if anybody, wants to, if everybody, anybody ever wants to do this and thinks they're going to be successful at it, Here's my analogy. Take a stone, hold a lighter up to it. The stone will get hot. The second you take away the lighter, the stone will be freezing cold again. And that is trying to be relevant online. If you are not constantly holding the flame to the stone, you will go out and people will forget about you and go find you a hot stone. And because of that, there's so such a, a push to get content out that people don't wait to find mm-hmm. out if what they're saying is valuable they just like, I had a mm-hmm. thought, here's my thought. And mm-hmm. I, I don't do that. So if, yeah. again, again, being able to build slowly through the blog, I was able to build kind of a system for managing insulin. And then at one point I said to my wife, I have a way of doing this and it just works. 
And I think it would work for most people, if not all of them, because it's on such a basic distilled level. We're just talking about figuring out how insulin works in your body and then applying it to the things you're eating. And so I taught myself through the blog and then I distilled it and I kept taking it down until the thoughts were so small that they were basically t-shirt slogans because at two o'clock in the morning when you're fighting with your kids, low blood sugar, you don't need to start like pulling up you know, something you read online and rereading it to figure it out. Like you need my stupid voice to say five words in your head that triggers an entire memory for you that you can put into action very quickly. Right. You don't want to be pulling out the physician's dex reference of diabetes. You just want someone to be like, Hey, trust that what, what you think will happen will happen. Right. Or you like, know, you're, okay, you're correcting Scott, a, my new best friend. Exactly. You're correcting a low blood sugar. Um, the blood mm-hmm. sugar is 50. You give the kid 40 carbs and then people just go back to bed. Well, some of those 40 carbs need insulin now because after the mm-hmm. blood sugar's corrected, it's going to start going back up again because now you've put in these carbohydrates and not compensated for them with insulin. And so yep. I started telling people, you should trust that what you know is going to happen is going to happen. And that's not something that me and seven people sat in a room and figured out to say. I just blurted it Mm -hmm. out while I was talking one day, and then I can see what sticks to people. Like, you know, so I wrote that blog. I still have it, and I do put stuff on it, but I wrote that blog earnestly until I started this podcast in 2015. This podcast is like... It's over, and I don't do like when people, and no offense to anybody listening, but like when you all say like, I have a season of a podcast up and it has 10 episodes in it, that's, I laugh at that. That's two weeks of a podcast. Like you got to like, you got to go, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I, I just thought, all right, I've got to blend these ideas together. I want to help people. And I really should be clear yeah. because I'm from the East Coast and I cut, I could come off as flippant. All of this to me is about helping people live better. Like that, yep. it, that it's become a thing that's a business like that. I send out invoices for ads and things like that is, is, yeah. is secondary for me. And, yeah. and so I, I hold on to that core tenant of helping people, mm-hmm. but I understand that if you take the flame off the stone, you're not going to help people anymore. So you have oh, to, I play this exact same game yeah. and it's all those fine lines of like, you know, am I, am I, maintaining this in a way that I can continue to, to go at this speed while also like helping, helping everyone. So I'm assuming if someone has listened to this far, they probably have some interest in type one <laughs> and if, what to know. If. Like, let's, let's get to the good stuff. Wait, so let's, let's talk about this. You are managing a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And so you are familiar with what it looks like to manage someone with a menstrual cycle. Yeah. And I even love, I, I brought up this to you earlier, like you just barely did an episode around masturbation that I had not even thought about how masturbation could affect blood sugar levels, which yeah. is really like when it comes to managing a type one and being a parent of a type one, like, and even maybe being like anyone listening that has type one, maybe that isn't even included into them. Like, oh, 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 you know, right. so let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's start with menstrual saying. cycle. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You're saying, stop chit-chatting, Scott. Let's get to the meat. I understand. <laughs> All right. I'll talk forever. You, we, you want to make this three hours? We do this. No problem. Um, so <laughs> let's be clear. First of all, um, during the masturbation episode, I did not speak about my daughter. <laughs> I, I just, because, no, yeah, no, 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 I'm teasing no, no, you, but, no, 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 no. but you do have a teenage child. She's 17. She's going to be a young adult someday. And, yeah. Yep, yep. She's 17. She's had diabetes since she was two. And mm-hmm. so it kind of goes back to the tenants of the podcast, which are, 
I think one of the mistakes that people with diabetes can make, and I want to be clear so I don't sound like an ass, um, mm. I think that one of the reasons I'm good at talking about managing insulin and type 1 diabetes in general is because I have a third-party perspective that's really a first-person heart, and I can mm-hmm. be dispassionate about it because I'm not the one in the panic situation. If someone's blood sugar is crashing, I understand all the uh, emotions and the uh, inability to even maybe um, handle your own body as your blood sugar gets lower, but I don't have to have that. I'm kind of a th- an, op- an observer, so I can uh-huh. see what works in a situation and apply it. Uh, so uh-huh. for, for me, when I tell people, I mean, if you're still listening and you care about diabetes, here's what I think. I think you get your basal insulin right. You learn to pre-bolus your meals correctly. You learn the difference in the impacts of foods, hypo, um, you, you know, you, you, yeah, how, how to put it simply is that, you know, eating a handful of popcorn, even if it's 11 carbs, might impact you differently than having 11 carbs of papaya, right? So there's the glycemic mm-hmm. load and glycemic index of foods. You have to understand the difference between them so that you can use the proper amount of insulin and not just do that thing where, oh, it's 10 carbs. I don't understand why it didn't work. And then yeah. a- after that, I think it's about staying flexible. And I think people have trouble with that and they can get very mathematical about diabetes, which I don't think works very well. And then I struggle with that. Yep. And then they, and then they get, <laughs> cause I'm like, this is supposed to be this. There's a lot of supposed to in the mathematical. Yeah. There's no supposed to. And, and so, yeah. and, and then the next thing that happens to them is they get caught up in the why. So, mm-hmm. Oh, same. Yeah. And offended by it. <laughs> why can't I figure out why this is happening? So to me, I don't think you, like, if you jump out of an airplane with a parachute on and it doesn't open, you don't go, well, this is a fine how do you do. The guy told me there was a parachute back here that worked. You start wondering if you have another chute. Like, is there one on the front? How does this thing work? Right. So people why themselves right into the ground. Oh, and waste so much time. Just correct and move on. But it is in the moment is so frustrating of like, I did everything right what is going on? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? And then the the figuring out the why. In the meantime, just correct them. And, 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 yeah. I don't, and I don't know why some people's brains work that way, but mine doesn't. And I don't know why some people have trouble, you know, saying out loud, my doctor doesn't give me great advice, but I don't have trouble with that. I don't care. Yeah. About, I don't care about anything that would impede my daughter from having a less than healthy life. So, yep. right. So I apply that idea to the menstruation part. Because mm. listen, I again, I don't know what it's like to be a woman, but from a third party perspective, it seems to be an unholy dumpster fire every once in a while. Like what happens to you guys? It's horrible, you know? And you know, muscle aches and headaches and joint pain and I, I'm messy. tired and, messy. and everything's horrible and like, oh my God, I need another pad. I need this. I'm mm-hmm. 15 years old and I don't want to put a tampon in, but I want to go sweat. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand yep. any of it. God bless you. Okay. And like, it's amazing. <laughs> so, so I have, to, so what I noticed was, is that there are times of the month that my daughter needs more insulin and there are mm-hmm. times of the month that she needs less. And I don't argue about that in my own head. I just accept yep. it and handle it with the same way I would handle everything with diabetes. So I'm guessing something about ovulating Mm-hmm. gets your hormones rolling around. Those hormones then cause some issues with using insulin because you see it with mm-hmm. boys, right? When boys grow and they and they have a hormone influx, 
they have different mm-hmm. insulin needs. Poor girls, as soon as they start getting their periods, almost immediately. For Arden, it wasn't like day one, but a few months. I, I feel like she had like a training wheels period for a couple of months. Totally. Right? Yep. That makes sense? Yep. And then, yep. Um, and then I started realizing like, okay, well, this, when you see these things happen, that's an indication that she needs more insulin. Stop worrying yep. about why and move the settings so that now the settings meet the need, right? Just meet the mm-hmm. need. And then as you see it drift away, and for Arden, it's usually when the, here's where I get stuck being on your podcast. What do we call it? Is it the event? When does it, like, the flow? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, when menstruation occurs. Listen, when whoever invented people, I'm going to just guess it was the end of the day, right, April? And uh, <laughs> whether you want to believe in God or, you know, the Big Bang or whatever, somebody was sitting there and they're like, what do we do to indicate they're not pregnant? And the guy's like, I don't know. I want to go home for dinner. Like you figure it out. And then like the guy, like in the office got to decide. And he was like, I don't like my mom much. We should make them bleed out of their vaginas. And like, you know, like, just, just terrible. Um, so when yeah. that, when that thing happens over the next 36 hours or so, her insulin needs start to drift back to where they are. So I have a question about this. Um, because obviously I've been listening to your podcast, so I know Arden is on birth control, which suppresses ovulation and, and flatlines all your hormones. Have you noticed a difference coming from an ovulating, cycling, like teenage female into now a completely flatline, no longer ovulating, no longer menstruating female? Yeah, the, um, the insulin needs are more stable again, but, yeah. but you can still see them. The difference is still interesting. Exact. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, it, so it's like um, it's not as much of a change, but it's still a change. Mm-hmm. And it can be a little worse now. It, it can go back and forth a little bit during your period. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to be able to start separating things out. Like this is when. Well, because like, she would be going because like, is she on like a pill? Yeah, well, actually, that's been a whole. Do you want to hear about that? That's been a dilemma. Yes. So that's why we're here. That, that's why we're here. If somebody would have told me that, I would have led with this. I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> so no, you wouldn't have. No, I would still. If you didn't run me over, if you didn't run me over ten minutes ago and try to get me back on track, I'd still be pontificating about something. I know. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Hey, listen. You laugh if you want. You go ahead and try to make a podcast if you're not chatty. It ain't easy. Um, I know. So. Arden starts getting, how did it start? I'm going to guess it. Like that, it's a withdrawal bleed. So you're withdrawing from a a synthetic hormone. So I could see where the insulin meets would still change with the menstruation because you're going through withdrawal from hormone, like synthetic hormones. It can be a little more erratic (laughs) during the bleeding. But so, so here's what happened. She starts to get her period. I forget how old, if I'm being honest. Um, That's fine. A number of months into it, she starts experiencing, this is fascinating, a nosebleed. One big nosebleed almost every 30 days. Out of nowhere. Never happened to her before. We're in a movie. It's Mm -hmm. 2019. We're seeing the Joker. It's like 15 minutes left in the movie. He's about to kill Robert De Niro. Uh, Sorry, spoilers. (laughs) And uh, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast is like, oh, no, I was going to watch the Joker. Uh, And... um, (laughs) And she looks over at me and she goes, what's going on? And blood is pouring out of her nose. And mm-hmm. that, in my mind, looking back in hindsight, was the beginning of this whole Michigas, which is, um, yeah. yeah, it's a Yiddish word. It means a disaster. And so um, we didn't notice that the nosebleeds were happening monthly at first. Mm-hmm. And then 
she started talking about her period was very heavy. And mm-hmm. then before we knew it, she was dying. Like, I mean, like it's an yeah. exaggeration, but she was like literally falling apart. And for yeah. months, like she'd get home from school, pass out on the countertop. Like I have photos of Arden sleeping on a countertop, like, like with her head yeah. forward, sitting in a chair, just couldn't hold her head up. And it wasn't totally. until we realized that her, her ferritin level had dropped very far. Yeah. And, and then Anemia. we, and we got her an infusion of iron and she just came right back up. Like, like leaving a yeah. flower out in the heat and then watering it again. And you're like, this will never come back. And then the next day you're like, oh my God, it's all full and green again. She comes right back up, yeah. took about a month. But somehow we didn't put that together with the bleeding. So totally. then she just drained back out again. And yeah. then we were, then I said to my wife, I'm like, holy shit, this is, a, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if you curse on her. Um, no, you're fine. Okay. Um, this is about her period. We're, she's losing too much blood. So we got her mm. on a pill. They put her on low, low yeah. estrogen. Low, low yeah. didn't help anything, but they made her do it for mm-hmm. three months to be sure. Then they moved her to low estrin, which mm-hmm. seemed to be magical. Nosebleed stopped, period regulated. Mm. And when I say regulated, Arden was getting her period 11 days straight, two day break, and then it was coming right back again over yeah. and over. And all that stuff that we talked about before, the tiredness and the muscle aches and just anemia yeah totally. it, it wouldn't stop and so she's just like melting into a pile and um so we thought oh this is perfect we got it now two months ago she starts saying i can't eat meat and i have no idea mm. if this is going to be about this or not right but this is me thinking through it and then suddenly uh-huh. i can't stomach meat turned into i'm hungry but i don't have um a flavor for anything like I can't imagine yeah. what would taste good right and yeah. just last week Arden and I were at her OB's appointment because I've been a stay-at-home dad for over 20 years and I go to a lot yep. of things that a lot of guys don't do and we're sitting in, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're sitting in the office and we're trying to figure it out and I think the doctor is going to move her to Yaz is that right mm-hmm. uh, different mm-hmm. pill yeah and then we realized through talking more it's possible that her that our drug, our pharmacy moved her to uh, generic about the mm. same time we think that her thing with her appetite started. So we're still going to try the, oh we're still going to try the Yaz anyway, because she's still having some weird acne that the doctor's like, with this pill, you should not be having any acne. So she's going to switch you around a little yeah. bit. But I think we might look back and find out it's just the generic. And by the way, the nosebleeds came back. Interesting. Because they're, I mean, really, the generic's supposed to be pretty much the same thing. That's fascinating. Yeah. And so who knows? But I, I, I'm a little trep. Obviously, I don't seem trepidatious because I just talk. But during trying to figure out, like, during trying to teach myself about birth control pills, I learned that there seems to be two very specific uh, camps online about it. There are people who share their experience with their birth control pills. And then there are people who yell at them, it seems like. For yes, seeming like they're talking people out of using or shaming. I don't know. I'm 50. I don't really mm-hmm. care what the hell all you do. Doesn't matter to me. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But but mm-hmm. I'm just I'm telling you, this is what happened here. I don't know exactly if this is right or not, but the way I think about it is if I just said something that anyone can have a light bulb moment for and it yes. might help them, then good. And by the way, if this isn't you, then keep moving. You, you know what I mean? Like this, totally. That's all. No, it's so here at the vagina blog the official stance on birth control is it has a time and a place there it's one of those things that like 
unfortunately we've presented it as like a multivitamin to people like this is it's just no big deal just take this it'll fix everything and the reality is it has its own side effects yeah and it's it's essentially putting your entire hormonal system at rest so it suppresses everything and it's frustrating because like the medical community uses terms like regulate but it's not regulating it's just turning that whole cycle off Mm. So what you're doing is you are taking a medication that suppresses everything. And then you are having a withdrawal from that medication that causes bleeding that looks like a period. And so it it feels like, oh, I'm regulating, but there's a time and place for all of this. Like even, even knowing all that, like I was on birth control for many years because I just really could not find a great way to not get pregnant. I didn't want to have all the babies. April prior to what she's going through as a teenager. I mean, that's the other thing that's tricky. Like you definitely have some bleeding issues that are serious. Yeah. So maybe while you wade through that and get a diagnosis, this is a great band-aid. I'm going to be honest with you. Prior to this with my daughter, my knowledge Mm -hmm. of birth control pills were that I dated a girl in high school whose breasts were amazing because she was on birth control pills. And that is all I knew. That's all I knew about it. And and honestly, like I I didn't think about it. I didn't know about it. I just know that Mm -hmm. one day I had a girlfriend and the next day I had a girlfriend whose boobs were better than they were the day back. So that's all I knew. (laughs) um, Now I, now I'm seeing everything you said and how valuable that could be for people. And I understand better that it's not the way I was led to believe, which is, oh, you know, you just can't get pregnant and it it makes your period very regulated. I'm making air quotes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I can tell you this, that I, I, to the best of my knowledge, and I'm pretty sure I'm right, my daughter's not sexually active. And oh, oh yeah, I mean, we don't need to go into no, 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 no
You, you know what yes. I mean? Like that's hard. Absolutely. Right. Right. Just bad. So yeah, I'm not going to know what happens. She starts the pill, the new pill, um, in a week or so. Um, mm-hmm. but, but back to the, the insulin stuff. Yes. While she's on, while she's been on the birth control pills, getting on them was a rough ride. Like her, mm-hmm. her levels changed a fair amount. And then, yes, that's, yep. You know, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. And then I started figuring out the pattern and then I was able to change her settings to meet the needs. And we know what it looks like to switch gears when you basically have to switch gears about twice a month, you know, going into it, changing and then coming out of it again. And I, and I know what people get scared of. They're like, well, I don't know. Like, how do I turn this up if I'm not sure it's going to happen? But to that, I'd say it's happening every month. Like you trust that, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And and you just kind of yeah. get ahead of it because that's that ends up being what happens is people they wait the blood sugars get out of whack then suddenly they're chasing these horrible roller coasters up and down up and down up and down and that's just not the way insulin works if um, yeah you know you use insulin i just keep learning that fun lesson over and over again it's great <laughs> well, well, <let's, laughs> well I, let me say this and then let me ask you a question so um for, in my mind insulin you use now is for later timing wise mm-hmm. But more uh-huh. more appropriately, if you're trying to think about it, you have to think about that the insulin I used before is impacting right now. And I know it's the same uh-huh. thing, but it's not when you when you're thinking about it. It's um it's more important to know that your blood sugar might be getting low or high right now because of a decision you made two hours ago. Because if you don't know that and you're always fighting the fight as the fight's happening, you can never stop the you're fight reoccurring again. You're always behind. In, in, in my mind, you're chasing it. And only like ninja mm-hmm. level people with insulin know how to like stop the chase in its tracks, which I do try to explain to people on the show. And I think we do a pretty good job, actually. What is your experience? Oh, you, do a, you do a great job. I That has gotten significantly better since listening to the Juice Box podcast. What blew my mind was we would see, so my daughter loves to eat. And not tell us that she ate. She's nine. Mm-hmm. So it's a nightmare. Um, we've talked about it all day, every day that she can't do that, but she continues to, which is it, we're working on it. Anyway, yeah. that's probably a parenting issue. Well, I, I would, <laughs> I a supervision I, issue. I, I, would, I, would say, I would say this. I, yeah, yeah. But may I? I think it is parenting in, yeah. in as much as that. It's going to take you a long time to teach kids something. So I, I, I think I was a stay-at-home dad for a long time. I and um, yeah. I'm basically a lady. I'm just mi- I'm missing a couple of internal parts, and I I could probably be a mom. <laughs> um, but- and my dad, my husband, and I have switched off back and forth our entire marriage as to who's the stay-at-home parent. Like I love that you've done yeah. this and like had that that experience. I quit my job in around Christmas in 1999. So, uh, I haven't, if you made me get up and go to work today, I'd cry just so you know, like I'd, I'd chain myself to something heavy in the house. I'd be like, you cannot make me leave this house. Um, not putting pants on unless I want to, I will shave when I want to shave and not before. Uh, I, I realized by yes. the way, about five or six years into being a stand dad that I would have this big, crazy beard and women would always be wearing sweatpants in the winter. And I was like, none of us are shaving. <laughs> Like, no. no, oh no, no, no there's no need. Happening. It's winter. It seemed unfair. You gotta stay warm. Yeah, it seemed unfair that they could hide it. And I, I look scruffy, but not the oh, point. No. Um, I, so I think you have to repeat she'll hit high numbers. Yeah. And what surprised me, because we would always give her this big correction, 
that she would crash and immediately go low, like, you know, an hour or two later. And it would be this whole like, oh, we got to correct now. What is weird is I will now give her that same correction and crank up her basal and she comes in smooth for a landing. Yeah. So you figured out a, a thing that worked for you. Like what in the world? I give her more insulin and she doesn't crash as hard. It's the timing of it. So the you have to line yeah. up you have to line up the impact of the carbs with the action of the insulin. They have to happen at the same time and they kind mm-hmm. of create this tug of war that no one can win. And that's yes. that's really what using insulin is to me. Um you if you put in, you know, if you put in insulin five minutes before you eat, insulin doesn't work that way. So it's not going to be active and doing what it wants to do. The food's going to go in and start hitting sooner. Now the blood sugar's flying up and the insulin's basically still like off on the side, stretching its legs and getting ready. And before you mm-hmm. know it, even if you started with a great blood sugar of 90, you're 150, you're 200, it's flying up. And then all of a sudden yep. the insulin's like, I'm ready to run. And then it jumps into the fight. It's way too late now because you used enough insulin for, you know, say to cover 30 grams of carbs at an 89 blood sugar. But now the blood sugar is 210 and it's rising. Yep. So there's momentum. There's the numbers change. Yep. You do not have enough insulin anymore. All that yeah. insulin goes in. It tries, it tries, it tries. It can't really do anything. And then you're high and you're looking at it. And you're like, oh, I'm going to have to do something. So you put in more insulin. Then the food gets digested out of the system, stops impacting the blood sugar, all the insulin's left behind, and you plummet, and you plummet right? But if you just yep. put in the right amount of insulin a little sooner so that as the insulin begins to peak, as the food begins to impact, it sort of just becomes, um, it's an impasse. It's, you know, just imagine two sides yeah. pulling on a rope, but both are exactly the same strength and they can't move the rope. And that's when you see those steady lines on people's graphs, that's what they have happening. They have a balance of the need of insulin and the amount of insulin, and it's a very good balance. And that's it. So here's a here's a question coming back to menstruation. Were you ever able to autopilot? Were you ever ever able to like dive into your pumps system and say, okay, we know on week one of her menstrual cycle and week two, or like the first half and the second half, like her basal programs need to be this and her basal programs need to be that. Yeah. Was it, were you ever able to get into like an autopilot situation with it? That's what we do. Yeah. I mean, I don't, uh-huh. I don't listen. If you're using insulin and especially if you have type one and you're waiting every three months for your doctor to make an adjustment to your settings, you're always going to be lost. It just, it's, uh-huh. a, it's, it's a thing that's happening right now. Um, and you need to address it in the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I've been changing Arden's settings since I figured that out, I mean, a very long time ago. Like I said earlier, in the beginning couple of years, I was just doing what I was told. And it was not mm-hmm. go- it was not going well. And then mm-hmm. I started seeing things, putting two and two together, recognizing very quickly, I need to be in charge of when this insulin goes in and how much it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, and since then, I've been, I would never not make an adjustment if I needed one. Now, you can over-adjust. Like yeah. you can't just turn dials for the sake of turning dials. It needs to be a little purposeful, a, a lot purposeful. But that's the kind yeah. of st- that's the kind of stuff we talk about in the show, so that people can understand. Yeah. Well, and it's I, and anyone listening to this who wants to know more about that, I mean, it's you have great episodes on stopping the arrows, on on how to how to uh, get your basil right. Like basil's really like if that's off, it's off. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so that's you've got great resources for that. Something else I wanted to ask you about and. I mean, I, I feel bad that we're like really just talking about Arden. You're also like over this entire community that you can draw from too. But have you seen um, insulin resistance since introducing birth control? Because for some people, 
using birth control can cause insulin resistance. So I, I don't talk about insulin resistance like that because I think it um I think it puts an idea in people's heads that there's a magical thing happening that causes them to use more insulin and they can't know why it exists. So mm-hmm. I understand that insulin resistance is a thing, but I think it makes people think about it the wrong way. So okay. do you have hormones that cause you to need more insulin? Yes. But that's not insulin resistance. That's just a, yeah. It's a need is how I think about yeah. it. And I know you know what I'm saying, but I just think it's incredibly important to be clear because it puts people into those thoughts of, oh well, that's just diabetes. There's nothing I can do about it. I get insulin resistant once in a while, but that, that's mm-hmm. not true. If you can step back and take a macro enough view, there are repetitive natures to what's happening to you. And so, if three days before you ovulate, you know, something happens, well, then that's about what happens. I mean, if you want to think about it as insulin resistance, you can, but I just think about it as on that day, you need more insulin or on those grouping of days. So you haven't seen an overall rise in like, oh, suddenly since being on birth control, her insulin needs have been greater overall. Like I'm talking like there's an overall, like, so I have PCOS, which is an insulin disorder, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, and so birth control, when you have PCOS can, it it can make your insulin resistance worse. So you're even more resistant to the insulin that your body's making. Um, and so I always like, I wondered how that affected type ones. Well, at the time, yes, her insulin needs went up her, um, Mm -hmm. her basal rate needs went up, uh, not significantly, maybe from 0.8 to one or 1.1. Like right now she's in you know, because we, this, this pill suddenly not working for her. She just suddenly broke through and had bleeding, you know, like she, yeah. got, she got a period like eight days into this pill pack, which is, you know, we are like, Oh great. Now, Horrible. It's not, now it's not even doing yeah. this part, you know? Um, yeah. And so, you know, that happened and I watched her needs go to like placebo week. And so we, mm-hmm. ch- we changed a little bit, but not a lot. Um, her sites have been I, I I don't know if I'm right about this or not, but I think sometimes during her period, her sights don't last quite as long. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's an overall feeling of the body just being, you know, in a mess, and maybe it's it's in a healing process. Like I don't it can cause that. inflammation. If so typically, menstruation and even withdrawal uh, bleeding can cause the body to go into an inflammatory state. That would totally make sense that the cannula would be that much more irritable. Yeah. So, uh, so we, you know, we're a little more on top of changing pumps, like in that second day, in the end of the second mm-hmm. day, you're like, uh, um, you know, I'm not getting what I expect out of this insulin. We might jump off of it a little sooner. That happens a little more during her period than not. Um, yeah, but it doesn't, I, I think that the problem with this and maybe a lot of things is, that people want like concrete light switch answers to things and health just doesn't totally. work that way. You know, so you have to, you have to step back and you have to see what's happening and then be proactive and do something about it. You can't just say, you know, you have PCOS, so it's going to be that way, the way it is for you, for everybody, because that's not the case. And diabetes is, yep. you know, is similar. Life is similar, right? Like it's, it would be nice if there was just a book of answers, but it, it doesn't work that way. We all have totally different bodies. One, one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode with you is just a, to kind of create almost a, a list of like suggested, like suggestions. Like we, I've noticed this in my community. I've noticed this, like with my own daughter managing, I've noticed some of this, or we've seen some of this, like just a guideline of like, if you have type one and you're menstruating, 
you know, this, it, it could potentially look like this for you. Be on the lookout, look for your cycle, what patterns are emerging, what, which is really a gospel I preach all the time. Mm-hmm. Wait, let, let's look at your cycle and see what patterns we can find. And so I think for a type one, you know, that's that much more important. Yeah. Oh, it's going to likely happen to you. And maybe for some people it doesn't, or maybe some people are MDI and, you know, not to get like too in the weeds, but there are some people who are MDI who aren't great about pre-bolusing and they aren't great about carb counting. So their endos mm-hmm. will set them up with a heavier basal rate to sort of like try to lay a blanket for it. over the sins that might happen during the day, right? Yeah. So yep. May- maybe because of that, like who knows, maybe because of that, you have more basal than you need. Maybe your needs go up because of your period and your appetite goes down. So you eat less and you don't notice that some of that extra basil you were using for food is now being used for hormones and impact from your period. Like, I can't tell you all the things that might happen. The the variables are like, they're mind numbing sometimes. Like we have, but Scott, I brought you on here to tell everyone everything about everything. Well, I am telling you, here's the answer. (laughs) Stay flexible. Stop. Don't ask. Yeah. Don't ask why meet the need. That's it. Like, I mean, yeah, I, 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 love that. I, I joke with um, Jenny sometimes. So for people who don't mm-hmm. know, um, I had a woman named Jenny Smith come on my show one time. She's diabetes for like 30 years or more. She's a, a, a CDE, a certified diabetes educator. She's a nutritionist. She's mm-hmm. delightful. She's very smart. And I just had her, Fantastic. On, she, I had her on as a guest one time and I couldn't get her out of my head. I was like, I need to have her back on the show. So I had her one oh, more yeah. time as a guest and I, I had the same feeling again. And then I told her one day, I didn't know her, like try to imagine. I sent her an email and I was like, I want to take all the little parts of like management that I talked about. And I want to distill them because the one thing my podcast is, is conversational. So my goal when you're listening to an episode is that it might be entertaining. It might be fun. You're going to learn a couple of things and your hour will feel pretty well used. And that Mm -hmm. that episode will build onto another one that will build on another one kind of makes a tapestry of understanding. But I didn't have any specific, like, this episode's about setting your basal insulin because my brain doesn't work that way. So I mm-hmm. said to Jenny, I'm like, I have these tenants. I would like to put them in their own place. And she came on and helped me make the Diabetes Pro Tip series that exists inside of the podcast now. And yep. it went so well that I was like, I, would you also help me define terms? Like, would you talk about variables? Yes. Like, So she's on a lot, but she really is. She's a lovely person. She's just a guest. Like, she's not a... She's not an employee. She doesn't like, you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. just a wonderful person. And anyway, but that's uh, the diabetes world. It's like, oh, can I help? Of course I'll help. We'll figure it out. It really is. Like, it really is. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So I said to her one day, um, you know, I want to do one about periods too, like about, you know, menstrual cycle. Cause we have like pregnancy series. We have like all oh, this stuff. Yeah. And, um, and we're talking back and forth. And I said, you know, the, the truth of this is, is that, this whole thing is not really a podcast. Like none of it is like, I should have one 15 minute episode that says, get your basil, right. pre bolish your meals, learn the different glycemic impacts of food, stay flexible. Uh, <laughs> see you later. You know what I mean? But trust me, what you, what you know will happen. Yeah, will happen. Right. But, but it doesn't work that way. You can't just, you can't just say something to someone and they go, Oh, okay. And that's it. And th- yep. not just for this, for anything. And so that's why delivering content this way I mean, the blog was popular and I'd get a note, you know, every couple of weeks, like this blog's really helping me. But I mean, like, it's weird to say out loud because content providers say these things a lot when they don't, uh, they aren't necessarily true. But I hear from probably a dozen 
to I'd say 15 people a day about what the po- yeah. about what the podcast does for them. Um, it's intimate. You're in their ears. Like right now, when people are listening to this and they're part of our conversation, they love like I love hearing the stories. I love learning the lessons through the stories. I love hearing that other people are going through the same things that I'm going through. Yeah. But even like the episodes where you had Jenny, that was the beginning of me finally going like finally being like, oh. Oh, I need to do this. I need to try that. I mm-hmm. didn't even think about this. My doctor never covered that. I didn't know what those acronyms stood for. Yeah. It, it's just, it, and you can't just give it away in a sentence. It's not a blog post. Mm-hmm. The blogs was nice. It didn't work right. Um, you know, trying to do it on Instagram, that's a fool's errand. You're not going to be able to do it that way. It's, it's and, a good time. Let me tell you. And, 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 even, <laughs> and even doing this, the, the un kind of, maybe underappreciated aspect of it is, is that if you're not a good communicator and you're not interesting, it doesn't matter if you have the secret to life 45 minutes into your podcast, no one's yeah. going to make it to it, you know? Like, no. So you, so it has to be engaging. I think one of the things that I've done, uh, if I can take credit for anything, is I've taken a very um, dry medical hard. thing, yeah, hard, hard difficult thing. to understand, and I've made it fun somehow. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a weird mix. And I don't think that's what most people wouldn't think to do that. They would think that there's um, an appropriateness that maybe goes away. But like, I listen. Brazen. I think you're brazen. Is that what it I is? appreciate it. I think I'm just old and I don't really give a crap what anybody else thinks. But um, <laughs> I just I grew up in a, a time where entertainment was, you know, it needed to be entertaining or you'd shut it off. And I think the same way about this. And I at the same time feel very responsible for the people listening, you know? So I don't mm-hmm. want to just give them bad information be- so that I have an episode. And then that goes into, well, how do you make a podcast over and over again? I interview people who are just regular people. Like I avoid like the plague, anybody in the diabetes space who has a name for themselves, unless yeah. I really know them. And I legit know that this is something I want to do because people come off as practiced then. And they, they have yeah. sound bites they give and they're trying to direct you back to their Instagram. And I'm like, like you, you've been very kind a couple of times while we were talking. If you like inserted the name of the podcast, like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I really don't care if nobody listening to this comes and listens. I to do. Me, but I want nice. anyone that listens to this that have type one. I need you to stop when you finish this episode. I need you to go straight to the juice box podcast. I need you to look up all these basic episodes that he's talking about with Jenny and you just start at square one and listen to all of them. And then you can go back and listen to Scott go on and on and on about whatever with whoever. Then that's great, too. But yeah. no, <laughs> the defining diabetes, the diabetes basis, like all those series, those are essential listening for someone managing type one diabetes. Like there is nowhere else you're going to get this information. There's no books. I will. There's, be- I mean, it's your blog. And like you said, like so many of these other diabetes blogs, they're great. They're fun. And there's a lot of commiseration going on. But there's not a lot of actual real like, no, if you do this, it will get better. Yeah. And it's Try also, it. and it works for adults too, which is, yes. you know, I hear a lot of times from people like, oh, well, you're the father of a kid with diabetes. I thought this was for kids. And it's not. It's it's for anybody no. using insulin. Any diabetic. Yeah. That's just, been diagnosed for any number of years. I've been doing this for four years and was still like, oh my gosh, how did I not already know this? Why did no one tell me this? Oh, I, or, yeah. This sounds familiar from when she got diagnosed four years ago, but no one's ever brought it up since then. Like, that's terrible. But like, and like you said, too, if you're waiting to go see your doctor, we go every six months. If I wait to change doses until every six months, that's why she's been mismanaged for the last four years. Like, you can't wait that long. Like, there's so much there. 
Well, I will. I'm be- going to wrangle you in, though. We got to talk about masturbation. All right. Well, what I do it. No, I'm just kidding. I- <laughs> so, so diabetic masturbation, I, Scott. I have a really, I have a, I have a bustling Facebook page. It's a private Facebook page for the podcast. Mm-hmm. It has 15,000 plus people in it um, talking about, you know, diabetes and living with it and management of it and that kind of stuff. And I very much run that Facebook page the way I talk. I don't, uh, I don't look at it. I don't care what people say to each other. If you say something that insults somebody else, you better figure it out amongst yourourselves because you're adults and I'm not your mom. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and how beautiful is it? I don't see a lot of that going on on your page. People are fairly respectful and also quick to be like, no, we don't do that here. Sorry. I like it when people step up and go, Scott would not like this if he saw it. Because one of my rules for the Facebook page says, if this becomes a pain in my ass, I will close it. Like I really, yeah, I'm done. I'm out. I don't blame you. I haven't started on myself because it's too intimidating to me. So like, this is incredible. So whereas other people might start a Facebook page thinking this will feed my podcast and I'll, this Mm-mm. is how I'll, I, I just don't care. Like it just, Mm-mm. it works because, worth it. yeah. And it works because I'm hands off. I, I run yeah. that Facebook page the way I parent my kids and I live my life. Like you're, you'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Like you don't need me. And yeah. now listen, if somebody says something terrible or a scammer comes in or something like that. I take care, I take care of that right away. But if people disagree, you know, or like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm like, well, you either better be comfortable or look away because it seems okay for these people who are interested in it. But anyway, um, I, I watch these people have these great conversations. And one day somebody says, oh, my God, I just realized my son's blood sugar goes up when his bedroom door is locked. And hundreds and, and hundreds and hundreds of comments later, I was like, this is an episode of the podcast, right? Oh, yeah. So I, yeah. Get, I get Jenny on to do a variables episode. And I and I, I wish you knew, like, I don't pre-plan. So I'm like, Jenny, hey, today let's talk about orgasms. And she's such a lovely woman. And she's from the Midwest. And she's like, oh, okay. And I was like, this is going to be mm-hmm. more fun listening to her be uncomfortable than anything else. Um, but so I watched these people talking. And then it all started making sense. But then Jenny and I talked through it and we even kind of found more like, like if you're, if you're going to masturbate at home and you're an adult, right? You probably just think like, uh, I'm going to grab a towel and I'm going to use a little bit of this and I might grab a vibrator or I'm going to use my hand. hand, It's not a big deal. Easy. But if you're a 15 year old boy and there are people in your house, you're like, oh, there's There's excitement. All that starts hitting you and that makes your blood sugar go up. And then lovely, um, like adult women in the group came in and said, Hey, I got to tell you, it doesn't work the way for me, but I get a little low afterwards. And right. And I was like, Oh, this is fascinating. So, so then, you know, I, so I guess like mass, I'm sorry. Like I'm such a child in my heart. Like when I hear hormone, (laughs) I think of like, I think of like a a joke of when I was 12 of how do you make a hormone? And when I think of girls masturbating, I start thinking of like weird (laughs) euphemisms, like flicking your bean and stuff like that. And I get all like giddy inside like a small child anyway. And then Mm -hmm. I start like, you know, I'm trying not to be creepy, but the thought of girls, (laughs) you know, and I, and jerking off is my favorite euphemism for female masturbation because it seems like it doesn't fit. Anyway, the point is, is when they, when they go to do that, you get that buildup, obviously, but then the release and the release comes maybe a bit of relaxation and people don't, yeah. and people don't recognize that some of your insulin need can come from stress. So, yeah. so if you don't have all the vigor of intercourse that might bring your blood sugar down, 
Because that's another thing mm-hmm. we, we talk about, you know, uh, with adults having sex, like it hits men differently than women. They have food yeah. by their bedside, like there's all this stuff. But so if you just kind of cruise into it like an adult and you've had a stressful day and you bang one out real quick and you relax, your blood sugar might start to go down. And they might not yeah. expect that because you think about excitement. Well, shouldn't it go up? Well, if I'm a 15 year old boy looking for a quiet room, I might be mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I saw this girl on Instagram and I really need to go find a private place to be, you know, like that. Yes. Those yep. impacts will be different. So stress, anxiety, um, those things impact blood All cross hormones. Insulin is a hormone. Like it just was like such a like I had never considered it. Listening to that this morning was like, oh, my gosh, of course. And it doesn't even have to be of hormones. Of course it's an effect. Because a hot shower. A hot shower mm-hmm. could bring your blood sugar down. And some people will mm-hmm. say, oh, hot showers make my blood sugar fall. Well, maybe that's the case. Or maybe you're all uptight. And, you know, maybe you're an uptight person and you have a basal rate of 1.5 an hour. And when you relax, that basal rate's too heavy and it makes your blood sugar. Who it's knows? too much. Yeah. And and my point is, is you're never going to really know. So instead of trying to figure it all out, just know where to look, see it happen, recognize a pattern. And then, you know, make an adjustment afterwards. Like, you know, maybe you yeah. need a, maybe you need a snack before you, you know, you do your thing. Or maybe you, you know, maybe you can't have a meal and then jump right into the shower. Like, you know, like little yeah. stuff like, cause you've got all this active insulin. Like the point is, is that I don't know. And I can't say something definitive that fits in a nice bullet point list. That's going to make your life with diabetes better, but I can have conversations with people so they can bring up what's happening to them. We can think it through the best we can. And maybe you'll find some sameness in that. And it'll help you. Like that's how I think about it. But I, I love that because I, I think that's all it is, is going, Hey, masturbating. It might affect your blood sugar. Your menstrual cycle might affect your blood sugar. It might, you might, because you're cyclical, you're going to maybe notice some patterns with your menstrual cycle, with your blood sugar mm-hmm. and how you manage your diabetes. And masturbation. And I also love even bringing that up because it really also shows like, there's a lot of topics that you've covered on your podcast that are, are somewhat taboo. Like if you go into your doctor's office and go, I would like to use illegal drugs or drink alcohol. And how, how would I manage my blood sugar? They're going to go, a, I don't know. And B don't just don't do that. Yeah. Right. They're going to get, I like, that you were like, no, let's actually talk about it. Like that's like, these are things that actually happen. So let's just talk about it. I have had amazing conversations with people who are just, I I interviewed a lady two months ago and just went up recently. She's 62 years old. She said diabetes forever and she has cancer, uh, uh, blood Mm -hmm. cancer, I think. Had a wonderful conversation with her. I've also had a conversation with a person who was diagnosed with type one diabetes during a heroin bender. I, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I think all of those conversations are real, like to pretend that people with yes. diabetes don't use heroin is ridiculous to, yep. you know, to think that they might not drink is silly. Like, so you, you can't just talk to people about the parts that are polite company stuff because it's not yep. really the answer. Like they need a real answer. Now I'm not telling you to use heroin. And if you co-mingled what I just said with that idea, yeah. I think you're insane. No, you, you, you know, that's not it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had conversations with people who are bipolar and have type one. And how about yeah. after having a number of conversations, hundreds and hundreds, I start hearing the word bipolar in people's like lines. And then I start thinking, is bipolar disorder an autoimmune disease or does it have any link mm-hmm. to that? Because people with type one um, quite frequently have other autoimmune issues or in the family, maybe. Right. Totally. And I wouldn't have like put two and two together like that had I not had so many of these conversations and met like, listen, quirky people are fun. 
You know, like, like yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, for years, I've been trying to get somebody on the show who's been in prison. And I don't mean like over the weekend, you know, because like they got yeah, caught with type a, one. Yeah, I want to listen to that. I want to talk to somebody who's been in, been inside and had diabetes. I want to know what that's like. And yes, uh, it's a hard thing. I've had Do it. Four, I've had four people booked for it and they always drop off. And it's usually to do with, um, oh, gosh. Uh, we end up back in prison. There's, con- there's concerns about their parole usually. Oh, OK. They yeah. I don't want to tell stories that maybe put them back in trouble. So I keep yep. trying and I keep trying, but I mean, uh, I have one up today about a woman came on to talk about her eating disorder. I, I listen, I got an email once from somebody who said I was assaulted in college. Uh, I was raped and mm-hmm. it impacted my, my diabetes care. And I want to come on the show and talk about it. And I thought, my God, there can't be an hour conversation about her impact of her control. We're going to end up talking about sexual assault. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, let's do it. And so she got on. And before we started, I was like, are you sure about this? I was like, because I am not sure. I'm me. I, I'm going to say something stupid during this at some point. You know, she goes, yeah, she goes totally. I listen to this show. You're going to be okay. Let's do it. And we did it. And she thanked me when it was over. And she's like, this is terrific. Put this up just like this. And I said, oh, okay. And then I don't blink an eye. Like, I know some people yeah. might think like, oh God, I'm going to get like, canceled or I don't know what you guys do to people online anymore, but I don't think about it that way. I'm like, this is going to help somebody. And, you know, listen, it's in the title. When it starts, I'll say, look, we're going to talk about this today. You know, I'm not a person who understands the idea of being triggered by something, but I do know that some people are. And so I want them to know. But at the same time, you can't spend so much time papering things with Oh my gosh, be careful of this and be careful of that. And don't because yep. you you'll never get to the damn content. You always be apologizing yep. for it. And yep. this stuff happens. This is another people. reason why I feel like your podcast is so useful and what we're missing in a lot of ways in, in this in its community. Well, we're not missing it. I put it out four days a week. What do you think of that? <laughs> it's yeah, right here. Exactly. I am a whore. I pump my content out like crazy. <laughs> but I'm very, <laughs> I'm very proud that I don't think that there's you might find an episode that you don't jive with somebody, or maybe there'll be a time where I talk a little too much or not enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. But overall, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a clunker in that podcast. Like, I don't think there's nope. an episode you'll turn on and go like, this is a waste of my time. So yeah, I, everyone is interesting. I learned something from every single one of them. And, and that's ultimately why I love having mine because I, I hope the same. I hope that people can take away something from every, even if it's not applicable to them. I hope if someone's made it this far in this episode that doesn't have type one, that they learned something new today and still had something that applies to them personally, even without type one diabetes. Uh, April, my listen through rate is 93%. And if there aren't a lot of people still listening, I'm insulted. And I wish they were still <laughs> listening so I could tell them to go to hell. The rest of you stayed. You had no choice. You had no choice to stay and listen. I'm terribly interesting but um i have a couple of vagina questions because you i feel like you're going to kick me off in a second so absolutely all right labia is it majora and minor or is it menorah because mm-hmm. a menorah makes me think uh, of that thing labia at, majora and labia menorah but isn't a menorah the thing you put candles in at the high holiday also that why would they Spelled do that? differently but why it's terrible so all right so majora is that the out right. external lips okay so let me back up some ladies have like nice like smooth presentation and some ladies have a more external mm-hmm. presentation those are the majora yeah it just it, 
each snowflakes vulvas are like snowflakes each one is different each one has different uh measurements and things some have longer outer lips longer inner lips longer both none snowflakes okay if you have bigger outer lips do you need more lubrication uh it depends on you some people uh really like naturally lubricate super well i always tend to lean on like you know what if you're worried about ad lube it rarely is a bad idea. Couldn't it get caught like in a foldover situation and be unpleasant? Absolutely. That happens. Like, and my joke too was like, I'm I'm pretty not against plastic surgery. Like, I'm pretty against plastic surgery in that area. Like, it's, it bothers me that this has become such a mainstream thing because it is so unnecessary the majority of the time. But my joke is like, if if your lady is getting stuck in your zipper, like maybe maybe you could potentially lose a little bit of it and be okay still. You know, you can get your wings clipped. You're saying now, uh, is that is yeah. there feeling in that? Like like would you? That's the problem. There are nerve endings in every single bit of that tissue, and so anytime you go in and start snipping around, yeah. you could potentially take off portions of the clitoris by messing around with that because people always think of the clitoris as that little teeny tiny the bean, bud the that's under the clitoral head, the hard part. Those the yeah. yeah, like your you dorsal mm-hmm. nerves go down into like your labia or what's covering the other portion of your clitoris. Oh. So you have to be really careful when you start messing with that. Yeah. And unfortunately, doctors are not as well informed about this because really it's been only in the last few years that they've even agreed on the anatomical terms for all of this. Most medical textbooks do not teach what a normal length is, what a normal depth is. Hmm. And so you may be dealing with a doctor who's just practicing based on like what they feel like. All right. I don't like that. Keep your lips. Now the menorah, are those the little ones towards the hole more? Like the interior more? Yeah, that, that would be the menorah. Yes. I'm testing myself because I've been married for 25 years. I haven't seen a vagina in a while. So now the, um, the, the thing at the top, the mons pubis, is that where the hair grows? Yes. Yes. Why is mm-hmm. that got such a why does everything have a weird name? I don't know. How do we get I dick, don't know? How do we get dick and balls and you get mons yeah. pubis? That's really ridiculous. Um great. Hold on a great second. questions. I have other Although questions. you have a you have a frenulum and a shaft and a, oh, don't know, even, like please, you have please to, don't you say have frenulum. Names. That's the part that connects the testicles, vas deferens. Yeah, that's interior, <laughs> that's inside stuff. I don't care about the inside part. I just care about what I can see. All right. I have other questions. Yes. Is squirting real or are ladies peeing themselves? What is happening? Absolutely real. So squirting is typically fluid coming out of the skein's glands. So the same glands that lubricate the vagina can also have a buildup of fluid with stimulation. Mm -hmm. And that buildup of fluid through stimulation, which typically is internal stimulation, which which we used to kind of call the G-spot, which is really kind of the backside of the clitoris. Um, typically that type of stimulation can help build up fluid in those skin's glands. And then when females ejaculate, that's what they're ejaculating is this lubricating fluid. If they do, it can be learned, but not for everybody. It just depends on the body. You, you just said something fascinating to me. The G spot is the, it's like knocking on the back door of the clitoris. Yep. Totally. So, so the hook finger thing is real. I knew oh, absolutely. That's right. That out. I knew that. Hey, how, how long have you been married? Come on. I now. know it's right. I'm trying to be entertaining <laughs> a little bit too. Um, uh, um, what else do I have? Okay. I have other things. You know, I only have pornography to go by, but when guys mm-hmm. look too big to be real, where does it mm-hmm. go? Where does it go? Are you like, talking about, you're talking about penises? No, I'm talking about length. Like, like, where does it disappear to? 
Like you, oh, you know, so like the old joke of like it kind of... looks like it's in her stomach kind of feeling, but where does it really yeah. go? Okay, but vaginal tenting is real. Like that totally happens. And you would be amazed at especially if like let's say you've maybe overused some of these areas of your body. They are all capable of stretching. You have to think that like kids come out of there, right? Mm-hmm. So like this whole area was built to stretch and accommodate. Right, right. And so like to a certain degree, you can stretch and accommodate. Okay. So when when the whole when something that Okay, I'm just giving away that I don't have a giant penis, but when something that big looks like it's disappearing, it's still inside of the where? It's inside the like vagina. Really? Dear Lord. Absolutely. Thing is- yeah, because your your cervix is nice and tight. Like it's you're not poking up further past there. And uh, like I said, stretch and accommodate is like the skill of the vagina. The cervix is the thing, like if you go too deep, feels like it's almost like a little butthole inside, but stronger, right? Yep. Yep. See, I know that's a great way to describe it. Thank you. I, it's very, very, I'm, I'm a, I'm a real poet <laughs> about this. Um, but it's interesting. You're like, even your cervix, it pulls forward and it can tuck back depending on where you're at in your menstrual cycle. Hmm. Uh, so, it, and it, it, it moves, it hangs down in the vaginal canal. People think it's the end of the, the road. It's actually hanging down into the tunnel. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm, all right. What's the. How come some of the fluid looks clear, but some of it's creamy sometimes? That's so your cervical fluid actually changes as you go progress through your menstrual cycle. So we menstruate, mm-hmm. we have a couple days of dry. We then start with crumbly. So this is a cervical fluid. That's maybe not super co- like great for sperm. Mm-hmm. We progress from crumbly and dry and kind of sticky to creamier, more lotion, like smart mucus. To suddenly we go to very, very fluid, watery, egg white, almost fluid. That fluid is really conducive to sperm. They can live in that. They love that crap. Like, and they can live there for up to five days. And then after you ovulate, you'll, you'll taper off with what your cervical fluid typically have a period of like dry. And then you go back into your men's, like you menstruate and you bleed. Okay. Fascinating. Why do boobs get different right? during periods? Like they get more uh, like, sensitive. That's hormones. Yeah, it's all hormones. So estrogen, I believe it's estrogen that increases boob size, if I remember right. But also sensitivity, right? Oh, yeah, totally. And you may have some people who, like, can't have their nipples touch one single itty-bitty bit when they're menstruating. And then two weeks later when they're ovulating, they want you to, like, bite them. Hmm. Girls are weird. That's all. I mean, it's not your fault. But (laughs) Jesus, God, that's a lot of information. Well, okay, but you have to think, like, coming from a male perspective, you have a 24-hour hormone cycle. So at 11 o'clock in the morning every day, your hormones should be exactly the same. We have a 28 to 32-day hormone cycle. So we're only the same critters 12 days out of the year. No, I, that I've noticed. I've, I've, um, yeah. I've said to my wife, is there a reason we can't put like an indicator light on your forehead that says you're, you're like how you're feeling so that I don't come at you from the wrong angle uh, and say the wrong thing. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I think I, we would all like that. I don't mean it teasingly. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just, no. she's, she, uh, at, and it's, I, I don't, you know, I don't ascribe fault to it, obviously. Like it's just, it's the natural cycle of things, but my goodness, mm-hmm. like you're like, wow, there's so much happening. I, I genuinely have empathy. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, boys, constantly chasing you around trying to find your vagina that's really our mm-hmm. like, main focus it's mm-hmm. fascinating that i it's i'm yeah. 50 i have my children and um it is hard not to think about still like 
Oh, yeah. It's difficult not to just like every yeah. girl you walk past, you're just like, like there's an internal thing in your body and you just think like, oh, my God, that one's cute. That one's cute. This one isn't, but I don't care. Like, it's a real you weird know, thing the way I, our brains work. I think you come at life with a certain degree of curiosity, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even know that that's always sexual in nature for everybody. I think when you're a curious person and you want to know all the things about all the things, of course, you're like, what do you smell like? So you're right about that, because Arden and I, when we walk past a person, anybody, mm-hmm. our questions or or impulses to say, did you notice that whatever are always exactly yep. the same. That's interesting. We're, yeah. And we're just similar people. Yeah, I don't, I think we try to make so many of these things like weird or sexual or only boys or like, you know, other stuff. And I really think that just comes from being a, a generally curious person. You've helped me. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have questions written down that we didn't get to? Oh my goodness. I mean, I always ask everybody how they like to manage their period, but I, uh... <laughs> Well, I think you're excluded I, from that I team. Put a ba- I have a little basket on the bowl, right? And it's got different mm-hmm. size like, absorbencies in it. I, I do know that I restocked <laughs> them for the girls in my house. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I know about that. Uh, good. I, we change the sheets from light lighter colors sometimes. Yes. Right? That's important. That's a good one. We make sure there's like <laughs> spray and wash around the house. That's all I, I love it. That's all I have. I, yeah, you're not mm-hmm. you're not really married to a woman has called you and said, "Hey, take these upstairs and get me another pair." <laughs> then, mm-hmm. you're, then you're then you're a real married person. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent. I it. love that. What do people usually say? I'm gonna let you. Oh, it totally like depends that. on the person. Some people manage. I mean, it's there's so many different alternative ways to manage your period these days. So, like, we've gone so far beyond like pads and tampons. There's menstrual cups, menstrual discs, period panties, sea sponges. I mean free bleeding like there's a whole world out there of ways to manage and then on top of it like there's some of the rituals of like yep when i'm menstruating i always try to i like to drink this or eat this and this helps with this or this is how i manage my cramping with this or you know so Does it, that stuff work it's like a cool milk thistle and everyone's different like all right i see you're 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 not you're less helpful than i was when you asked me questions about diabetes i'm like i don't know you gotta try <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I, I I appreciate you asking me to do this. I'm sorry if I took over. I don't really know how to. Um, I'm not a good guest on people's podcasts. Which well, is- you're fantastic. I think this has been a really beneficial conversation. I hope so. I hope anyone who's listening to this, especially with type one or even managing a type one, will have a little bit more insight into uh, thoughts to have around it, things to consider, right? So curiosities to have around different things that could potentially make it easier. You know, to manage. No, I appreciate that. And and by the way, on a, a more personal level, I appreciate that my my show has been valuable to you and that you were very kind Huge. when you reached out. Huge. That was lovely. I, Life-changing. I, oh, see, you make me feel weird. But I mean, say, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm stuck in the middle because I want you to say nice things, but then I get that, like, I get that goofy feeling in my chest when you say something mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. I Scott, I love you deeply, and you have saved me and my child's life. So <laughs> just know that you're an important member of the Davis family now. <laughs> I really do appreciate it. I, I, I really do. I mean, th- that it helps anybody. You know, listen, not to be boring at the end, but you don't start a podcast thinking it's going to become incredibly popular. And no. when it happens, there's yep. an amount of time where you're like, you, you want to make sure you don't freak out because you're like, I just need to do what I'm doing because what I'm doing works. You don't want to examine it too closely. And mm-hmm. when, when, when I got into the situation where people were saying things like you just said, 
and they send mm-hmm. emails all day long and they post online to tell you, you don't want to minimize anyone's feelings, but it's it, sometimes it's weird yeah. for me. Like sometimes at 11 o'clock, you are the 13th yes. person who's told me I've saved your life. And it's I don't feel yep. like it's not trite to me. But I'm tired. And sometimes I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, like, you know, you email back and you're like, I really I'm glad well, you like the podcast, but I don't know what to say sometimes. Isn't know? that the best thing that we can say? Because I, I get the same thing. Like people will show really, really intimate and deep things with me about, you know, what what like they've, they've run with something sure. I've said that has been so helpful for them. And mm-hmm. same like it is it's overwhelming to me sometimes. It, it also motivates me and keeps me going. Yeah. So it's, it's like gas in the tank every time, but it, it is also overwhelming to like take on. And, and also like the trust that people have in you can be very overwhelming. Yeah. You just said something interesting, like the motivation part of it. It's not that you're not motivated. It's just like my podcast is a full-time job. I work at it six days a week. Uh-huh. Um, if you hear an episode, I put 10 or 12 hours worth of my effort into you hearing that hour. Right. Yes. And uh-huh. having ads on the show is actually, it's, I mean, it's, monetarily it's good, but it's good for me because I'm, I have to put an episode out when I said I was going to and totally, and it has to be good or yep. people will stop listening. And if people stop listening, now I've sold an ad to somebody that they won't be served on. Like there's a, it, it feeds. Oh, I'm, I'm in your same boat, but on Instagram, yeah. I hear you. And it is a fine line and it is a balance. Cause I've got to create enough fantastic content that it stands on its own, but I can justify doing sponsored content and advertisements because I want to make sure to meet the need of my advertisers. I also want to make sure those advertisers are serving my clientele. Yes. You know, like it's, but I, I think you've also done that really well. It's funny. I was already on Dexcom and Omnipod, but every time I listen to the podcast, I'm like, man, if I wasn't, if we weren't using the Dexcom and Omnipod, I, <laughs> we would be by now. My, fa- my favorite email <laughs> came from a grown man that just said, uh, the subject line was Omnipod and the body of the email literally just said, okay, fine. You win. I'll get an yeah. Omnipod. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that's hilarious. Um, you broke them down yeah, one by one. It's It really is. Um, I mean, I honestly, I'm 50 years old. Like you try to imagine that when I was in high school, everything that I'm doing right now, it wasn't just not a thought. It literally didn't exist. Like nothing yeah. that I do right now was real when I was deciding what to do in the Same. world. It's very strange, Same. you know? Um, and then yeah. you, you find this, this space where you're helping people and you always kind of have a quarter of an eye out to the future. Like, what's going to change? Like, how do I have to I shift know. with this if it shifts? And what do I – it's, you know, I don't know. Hopefully – I mean, how much longer can I do this? I always say to people, like, are going to listen to a 65-year-old guy who doesn't have diabetes tell you about diabetes? Like, at some point, it's going to end, right? Um, ah. But it's growing still. We just hit um, yeah. a major milestone the other day. The show got its four millionth total download. So which cool. which was just amazing because it took, you know, for anybody who thinks about putting content out and you want to be super, like, I don't know, you feel like you want to be successful at it. I had more downloads last month than I had in the first two years of the podcast combined. And Wild. it took four years to get to a million. But yeah. then once I got to a million, two million came quickly, three million came faster, four came faster than that. It's... um it's not just about being there and tricking people to come see a thing. There actually has, no, to, there has to be something there for them when they get there. So. Yes. And you're providing that. You absolutely are. So if you're listening to this, guys, go ahead over, 
to the juice box podcast go find the juice box facebook group he even has an instagram you don't do much over there but you have one i'm 50 what am i gonna do with it <laughs> i try to put up like when episodes are coming out and that's not what people want from yep. instagram so i mean if i get into a bikini which i think is how instagram works i don't think that's it's gonna i don't really feel like anybody's gonna want that <laughs> <laughs> I, we don't, have you tried we don't know I, no i haven't and i'm pretty certain nobody wants that so i i i have it and it's there listen i'll tell you this you're already a podcast listener just search juice box podcast type one diabetes that's it you'll find mm-hmm. it wherever you listen um if you want transcripts they're at juiceboxpodcast.com for every episode that was another thing i didn't understand like people started asking for transcripts of the Transcript. show. i have listeners who don't listen to the show they read it. Yeah, they just I, read it. I don't understand mm-hmm. that, but God bless them. And like, you know, like the whole thing. So it's there. I, uh, I'll i tell you this. My daughter's A1C has been between 5'2 and 6'2 for over seven years. She does not have any diet restrictions. I think if you listen to that podcast, you could easily mm-hmm. have an A1C in the sixes. And if you really wanted to work at it, you could have it in the fives. And I, I stand behind that. Not that. None of it's medical information. Like I have, you know, you know, I do that thing. Yeah. Being, I'm like. I can do it in my sleep. Ready? Watch this. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin, which is just something I said in episode 11 that resonated with Which me. is a fantastic disclaimer for this episode here on the Vagina Blog podcast. Please yeah. take that into account. Right. I mean, listen, not only am I not a doctor, I might be a moron. So grain of salt. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Thank you, April. Well, thank you so, so, so much, Scott, for being here today. I so appreciate your time. I but really was a pleasure. I swear to you, I might start answering more of these emails. And not, okay. And not just deleting them. <laughs> would you please come my delete? <laughs> we would very much like to delete. <laughs> I'm like, no, delete. Leave me alone. I'm busy. Uh, <gasps> vagina. What's this now? <laughs> That's how you got me. So if anybody's so interested, purpose. write vagina in the email. I'll at least read it. There you go. Thank Thank you you so much. Of course. Hey, how about a huge thanks to April for inviting me on the Vagina Blog Podcast and for letting me run the audio here on the Juice Box Podcast. I hope you guys had fun listening. If you're interested in April's podcast, check it out. Again, it's called the Vagina Blog Podcast. It's all about vaginas. And I don't know. I've never heard it. I don't know what else it's about. I'm sorry. Uh, but I bet if you had a vagina, you'd like it. I also want to thank Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast and remind you to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Go say hello to Dexcom. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.